What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play and get along with each other. Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday War Games. Joining me from Australia, Liam. Hello, I am here. We are very high energy. I introduced you in three seconds so that you couldn't cut me off. I wasn't going to do that anyway. I have respect for my co-hosts. I have no faith that you will not cut me off. Well, I didn't, did I? Well, you it's, it's nice of you. Let's go. Why so you're you're you're, you're Liam is overcompensating for our low energy intro last week with a high energy intro this week. But it's also like 11:30 so I can't be too loud. So I'm like trying to provide hype without being loud. Liam, I'm pretty sure that's impossible. I don't get hype. I stay hype. You have to keep a, a, a an enthusiastic but reasonable uh, the tone of voice. I just realized that we're doing our opening banter. I didn't even like click with me that this is what was happening. Yes, this is, uh, well, you see, I hit record, Liam, and then we start talking to a microphone. And then we talk about the things that we have NXT and AEW to talk about. We talk about them, and then we upload them to the internet. It's called a podcast. I'm not sure I'm not sure if I told you that's what we're actually doing. I just had assumed that this was our normal chats. Yeah, I just call you every every Thursday morning, and we talk about uh, NXT and AEW, and then I upload them to the internet without your permission. That's, that's what's actually happening here. Oh, no wonder I haven't been receiving any compensation for it. Listen, but now I know you'll make money from this when I make money from this. Hmm. So, anyone listening to this, give us money. You can actually, if you want to. There's a, there's a donation page if you're on the Red Circle page, or I think Voices of Wrestling slash Donate. I want to say is the link where you can see the donate links. If you want to give us money, you can. There's a there's a way to do it via the podcast via Red Circle's podcast system. So if if you don't want Liam to starve to death in the the scorching hot Australian weather, I'm legitimately is, very hungry. <laughs> Constantly. All right, we have AEW and NXT every week. At AEW one, it's continuing its seven week undefeated streak. So we shall talk about all the. But will this week be the week? Probably not. Uh, Dynamite, starting with Phoenix against Nick Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was odd, yeah. This was odd. Like, I want Nick Jackson to abandon Matt Jackson and just become world champion of all elite wrestling. Like, Matt Jackson's going to retire in, like, three years anyway. <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's back as glass. I also want... k retirement, but whatever. I also want Phoenix to abandon Pentagon and become champion of all elite wrestling. <laughs> Well, one of them won this week and one of them lost, so... It's fascinating that, like, everywhere Phoenix and Pentagon have ever been, whether it's Lucha Underground, whether it's Indies, whether it's Impact, Pentagon has always been, like, the the main event guy and Phoenix, like, the upper mid-card guy. And, like, Phoenix is so much better than Pentagon. Yeah, I mean, we get it, right? Like, it's like Penta has that that it factor. And he can play at the big matches when he needs to. Yeah, Pentagon's not bad, but, like... 
Phoenix is so much better than Pentagon. I gotta admit, though, I do find them to be way more interesting as singles wrestlers. Like, as a team, they really don't do a lot for me, but I love both of them as singles wrestlers. I think, well, you see, as a team, they have their one match, which is really good the first time you see it, and great the second yeah. time you see it, and phenomenal, or and very good the third time you see it, and good the fourth time you see it, and, you know, it keeps going down. But occasionally they do something different. It's like, wow, that's the Lucha Bros that are really, really great. But, yeah... Like, the Lucha Bros, for me, are, are in the most ideal scenario, are singles guys who occasionally have cool tag team matches, rather than tag team guys who occasionally have go- cool singles matches. Hmm. Well, that's, hopefully that's what we're going to start moving towards, because I think uh, Pentagon and Phoenix single feuds would really spice up the show. Well, Pentagon has this feud with Christopher Daniels at the moment, so Pentagon <laughs> is, is preoccupied. Have you seen the dark results? Uh, yes, but I don't remember them. <laughs> um, well, spoilers for AEW Dark. Um, Pentagon Jr. lost the Trent. <laughs> well, that's that's not encouraging for Pentagon singles push. <laughs> I, like, I assume maybe there was some Daniels stuff, but, like, just reading that result, I was like, hmm? Yeah, it's some, another peculiar result on this show, but we'll get to it. But yeah, Phoenix Nick Jackson, this match was great. I feel like we haven't talked about how good this wrestling match was. I mean, like, it's everything we thought it was going to be. And watching it, I was like, man, I'm really excited for Nick Jackson's single run eventually. He should be champion. And like, it's, it's two great wrestlers having a great wrestling match at the start of a wrestling show. There was a take on the Voices of Wrestling Twitter that it was one of the best openers of all time, and it wasn't even as good as Private Party against the Young Bucks a couple of weeks ago. But So it's not even the best Nick Jackson television opener in AEW history. Never mind all time. But God, Fucking this match is great. Got him! Yeah. Joe Lanza famous for using his podcast as a platform to settle Twitter beefs where people can't respond. And I have done the same. No, we're using our podcast as a place to start Twitter beefs. Yeah, it's, it's clear that controversy creates cash. It's the Bishop. I was model. literally about to say controversy creates cash. <laughs> uh, Phoenix won with his twisting muscle buster in a really darn good match. I like, this is such a dumb like thing to go off on, but I really like Phoenix's look. Uh, yeah, there's a, he occasionally has I think he's like he has like black gear that isn't great, but nearly all the other Phoenix gear is great. Whenever he has color, sick, Nick's the same way though. I called him Sick Nick just out of habit then, but like he's also got great gear, and it's going to be very interesting when that becomes like a singles gear as opposed to tag team stuff, because you don't see anyone wear those kind of colors. Britt Baker faced Hikaru Shida. Britt Baker lost. Wow, Hikaru just moving Shida. off that discussion quickly. <laughs> Yeah, gear. It's nice. Oh, I was going to have a whole like little offshoot thing that I was going to say. <laughs> do you, okay, what what do you have to say about Nick Jackson's singles gear? Well, what I have to say about it is we once had a conversation while watching WCW about how wrestlers don't look like wrestlers anymore. And not mm. in the way like of stature or size, but in the way that they don't have gear that looks colorful and like, wow, and draws the eye to the guy anymore. And I was going to bring it like Nick Jackson, that he does have that kind of gear. I would add the proviso American wrestlers. Yes, because obviously Japanese wrestlers and luchadors and have insane colours all over them. Yeah, you watch any Japanese show and people have like uh, defined looks. They have their own colour schemes. They have like they're they they're eye catching. You know, like any New Japan made of entry. You look at Okada or Tanahashi. Just look at Dragon Gate. <laughs> yes, Dragon Gate is 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 like a kaleidoscope of colour and. Yeah, you look at American Indies, and I, I made this observation the other day. Everyone on the American Indies is either a Joker knockoff or a Gunner knockoff. That's like 
that's like a good like 75% of the US indies. I feel like that's been that way since like 2008. <laughs> yeah. Gunner should be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame for his influence. <laughs> influence. And then also like, it's actually three. It's Joker, Gunner, or it's AJ Styles knockoffs. Yeah. Gunner, AJ Styles, and Crazy Steve should go into the Wrestling Observer Hall. Actually, AJ's already there, but still. Crazy Steve should join him. Yes. For his, his okay, con- now you can go on to Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. <laughs> Hikaru Shida defeated Britt Baker in a match where Britt Baker just moves in slow motion. I don't, like, I don't know what to... Like, everything she does takes twice as long as the average human being. It's just... Come, Britt, come on! I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with Britt Baker, man. <laughs> I watched two Britt Baker matches in two days because I watched Dark, and I'm done. <laughs> She's... She's bad, man. And, like, I hope she gets better because she's in a big position in the company. But, like, if Ali isn't dynamite ready, Britt Baker isn't dynamite ready. Yeah, Britt Baker, like, she's she's not showing many signs of improvement. And maybe, like, she lost this match. So maybe AEW's done with Britt Baker. But I w- I'd be surprised if they are. And, like, she's kind of over. It's not like she's a dud. It's not like the crowd don't respond to her a little bit. and The, the lockjaw is over. But man, Britt, like, come on, <laughs> stop moving in slow motion. Man, if only she had some sort of a fallback career <laughs> that she could go to. Like the, pro- the problem is, AEW's schedule is not conducive to wrestlers improving. Because they work yeah. one time a week. That's that's It's not going to happen. And you have to wrestle more than once a week. The, the way you get better as a pro wrestler is by wrestling wrestles, wrestlers that are better than you as much as you can. So her wrestling, she is wrestling wrestlers that are better than her. She has that, she ticks that box, which is basically everybody. But she's not wrestling often enough, probably because of her dental practice. Like, she should be taking every indie date she can get, but she's probably too busy fixing people's teeth. Which is an an admirable thing to be doing. (laughs) But um, it actually brings up kind of an interesting point about how how will AEW be able to adapt to these people that they want to sign and build up from scratch? Like, the boxer whose name I've completely forgotten right now. Anthony Agogo. Yes. How are they going to take someone like him who is just pure potential when they don't have enough... <clears throat> when they don't have enough matches to actually facilitate any sort of growth? Well, they, they need some kind of feeder system, don't they? Yes. Yes, they do. Somewhere they can send PWG. <laughs> yes, PWG is the, the AEW feeder system. GCW. They should, they should hit up GCW. I mean, <laughs> really, yes. Where Marco Stunt, Joy Janela, and Jungle Boy have come from. That's that's pretty much half the roster. They have so much potential on young people, because obviously that's who they went after to sign, because they everyone with any sort of noted experience or fame in the pro wrestling was already signed. But they need a way to get these characters over like with outside of AEW, you know, they need practice, they need to work and it's just it's a whole thing right now when you only have one and a half shows a week. Yeah, and, and uh, like no one's working both those shows. Even there, that's still two matches on one night and then six days without working. Yeah. Uh, Sheeta won, so Sheeta and Rio again, maybe? I, I mean, I hope so. I'm, I, they're like, they're the two best women on the roster so far. <laughs> like, I think, at least. Uh, the Dark Order. Are, are you going to join the Dark Order, Liam? Dude, I would. <laughs> it ruled. That ruled. That was <laughs> such a fun, like, what an interesting take on these characters. <laughs> And thankfully, a take on these characters. I said this last week as well. Like they're finally actually leading into them being a cult instead of just being weirdos who get no reaction on wrestling shows. Yeah, I. But 
the key thing is I need to see, like, their group of creepers, like, expand now. Like, slowly each week, they need to get more and more people. <laughs> so you, you want them coming up, but they already have, like, eight of them. <laughs> yeah, I want, like, the vignettes to be working. <laughs> and I want them to add more people. So who who do you think they're who who do you think is the first person to to join the dark order the first actual person? Well, they tease people on losing streaks. Hmm. So the dark order themselves? They won like two. I know they they won last week. They beat Luchas or the the the, the Jurassic Express. Before that though, they lost nearly all their matches except that one they won. So they won the, their two first matches. And then, except that then one they lost they won. two, and then they, and then they so they're actually positive. I think. All right. But like. So who is on like a losing streak in this well, company? They've teased Marco Stunt. The librarian? Kenny Omega. Gonna bring bring Kenny in and put him under a mask, please. <laughs> Kenny, we're gonna solve your slump by having you join the Dark Order. <laughs> and, and then he's gonna turn them back into video game nerds. Yeah, and he'll corrupt Storytelling. them. Storytelling. His, his nerdness, his gamer, he'll turn them back into gamers. <laughs> we have too much discussion about gamers on this show. Well, gamers are the, the, the thought leaders of our time, Liam. Oh, God. That's a frightening that's, thought, isn't it? That's too, like, real. Uh, but yeah, Dark Order recruiting people with propaganda. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm so, like, I hope, I really hope they get there with the Dark Order. Because it would be a nice little success story of something that was an utter flop for quite a while. And they finally turned the corner. And, like, maybe they're finally turning the corner. Well, they're getting a reaction, so that's a good start. That is a good start, instead of them beating people up to utter silence. Speaking of utter silence, that's not a really good uh, transition, but hey, we'll take it. The 12-man Diamond Dozen Battle Royal, which I had a problem with, because I, I don't really mind MJF being in it, because he'll probably win it in the end, but MJF didn't get an entrance. Yeah. <laughs> after last week, after he's the biggest heel on the show, you have him in the Nerd Brigade with Marco Stunt and Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc? No. Dude. I like that you use the term of phrasing, because my note for this was MJF shouldn't be in this nerd shit. Yeah, he's just like, I, I, said, I don't mind him winning it, because like he'll probably win it, uh, and that's mm. fine. But he, sh- he should get an end. Billy Gunn should not have been the person to get an entrance over MJF. Yeah, well, because at least when they came back to TNT, he was what who the camera was on. Mm. But he still got a nerd entrance. He's a nerd. But like... The, the, some interesting parts of this were like at least he's in there with some like upper mid card to that kind of range people like Hangman Page was in there Joey Janela was in there it's really just him and Page Joey Janela is not an upper mid card guy I'm I'm willing to give Janela Chuck Taylor was in there the biggest star on the company Orange Cassidy was in there well Pentagon was in there but Pentagon was eliminated immediately yeah, I was really confused. Like, wait, why is Phoenix there? Yeah. So you got worked, Liam. You got worked by Chris Daniels. Well, I was more so confused because he didn't come out with Phoenix. Like, he came yeah. out by himself. Uh, JR's confusion as well. It's like, why is Phoenix here? Uh, like, uh, that, this is uh, uh, maybe a rare case of legitimate JR confusion helping the story. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, <laughs> Billy Gunn was in this, right? Mm hmm. And I have no problem with putting, like, someone in, like, a legend role in this. Yeah. But he was in there for too long, and he was too dominant. He was the Andre the Giant of this Battle Royale. <laughs> yeah, like, why Why did he get, like, the big power spots? He should have been taken out by someone else, like, immediately. He should have run wild, he should have hit a Fame Master, and MJF should have thrown him out. That's that's 
what his role in this match was. He, he's he was the Kali. He was the he was the Big Show. He was the Andre the Giant. He was the guy. Every, he was the guy. Every everyone piled on top of him in this match at one stage, and he threw like seven or eight people off. Mm. And like Billy Gunn is a tall man. Billy Gunn is like six six or something. He's gigantic, but like he's also seventy five. Yeah, do all of what you just pitched for him to do. But mm-hmm. also keep the sunny kiss ass man spot. <laughs> yes, I'm fine with that too. Because that ruled. <laughs> and I guess Orange Cassidy as well. He can do he can do the Orange Cassidy bits too. Yeah, I like that they acknowledge that they did the MJF Billy Gunn like back like uh, walking back into him twice, and Billy's <laughs> like, "You've done this twice." Yeah, but MJF and um, Hangman Page are your final two. They will face next week to fight for a forty thousand dollar ring. Which they really hammered home. During the match, we also had, like, as you said, Daniel's Cos Pentagon and Sean Spears Cos Janela. Yeah, so this was the let's advance our mid-card programs as well match. Yeah. And then from there we go backstage. To La Champion. To La Champion. La Champion. Just- we-, we talked, Liam, remember the other the other week when we said nobody doesn't like dinosaurs. <gasps> we found one asshole who did. Doesn't. Liam, Chris Jericho does not like dinosaurs. Listen, it's truly shocking development that we've uncovered here. Um, I choose to believe that um, this was the character of Chris Jericho. Mm. And that Chris Jericho, the man, does respect and love dinosaurs. It is foreshadowing for when Luchasaurus eventually beats him for the title. I mean, yeah. You know what I did like though? The fact that the, 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 the librarians having dinosaur books was actually foreshadowing for the librarian facing Luchasaurus. Yeah, that was really good. You know what I'm kind of bummed out about? Like, what? it seemed that towards the end of this segment, Jericho was going to find Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. And I was like, yes! And then they cut away from it. Mm. You wanted him to just walk in on uh, Orange Cassidy in a bathroom? No, I just, I just wanted to see interactions between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. When they main event an AEW pay-per-view, that's when you'll get it. Ah, uh, that would be so good, though. After Chris Jericho meandered through backstage burying hockey teams and dinosaurs, he came out and he, he had to apologise, Liam, because you remember he threw a hissy fit last week after he lost and he was fined for the damage he caused. I hope he also apologises for the removal of I Am Evil from his Titan Tron. Well, he is he is not the New Japan Superstar Evil. Well, <laughs> <laughs> real subtle calling out. This is part of Kenny's plan to subtly call out New Japan. <laughs> he's like, he's no longer evil. That was almost a weird thing in his Titan, because, like, he's not evil. Like, that, that's not really Chris Jericho's character. I guess the Painmaker maybe is evil, but, like, Chris Jericho's not evil. Alright, so when Chris Jericho next becomes the Painmaker, mm-hmm. I, I demand that his Titan Tron be reverted back to I Am Evil. Yeah, because then he is. Otherwise, he's just a goof, as illustrated in this segment, where Chris Jericho mostly played a goof. <laughs> it's great. And we finally got Hagar doing some stuff. Yes, Chris Jericho could not bring himself to say the word sorry. So every time... He's Canadian. It should come naturally. But... What? As the New Yorkian coming out in him. Yes. Born in Manhasset. So that's 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 really... It's, it's really a conflict of New York who never apologize and Canadians who always apologize. There's like an inner turmoil going in there in terms of stereotypes of politeness. It's just... It's an internal struggle for him, that man. Yes, every time instead of saying I'm sorry, he stuck the microphone in Jake Hager's face for Jake Hager's real speaking debut on All Elite Wrestling in which he would say sorry on behalf of Chris Jericho. Just the word well, sorry. Well, actually... Actually, 
his speaking debut was in the backstage segment because he was doing the whole like bit with the hockey stick. But that that wasn't aired on television, so that technically oh, doesn't count. Sh- shit, that was like the best part of the show. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was actually it was picture in picture, so people could see him walking around, interacting with Peter Avalanche, but couldn't hear what he was saying. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they've uploaded it to the Twitter. So go watch it; it's fun. Yes, Chris Jericho bantering with people is always fun. Scorpio Sky comes out with SCU. They bait Chris Jericho into making a title match for next week in Chicago. Um, Scorpio Sky is kind of great. Scorpio Sky is good. Jericho announced that next week will be uh, a celebration of him. And then, yeah, SCU interrupted. And he's like, "Fight! I'll fight you. And then they were like, oh, you wouldn't want to put the title on the line, would you, Chris? That's something we don't want. And Chris is like, don't you tell me what not to do. Title's on the line. My favorite part of this was he grabbed his hand, shook his hand. It's like, handshake, it's official. <laughs> and then, of course, Scorpio gets all serious. What a great segment. Mm. And then, like, like, turning Le Champion into Le Bitch is like Damn. The, the dumbest, most basic line, but it got a stupidly big reaction. <laughs> because he said the B word on TV. Yeah, he's cursing. He's a cool guy who curses on television. Then we got a big old beatdown. Big old yeah. AEW beatdown, baby. I'm not sure what the point of the handcuffs of this beatdown was, but yeah, they, they beat down SEU, and then the Jurassic Express tried to make the save, and we had this big standoff between Luchasaurus and Jake Hager, which... People were uh, so into it! Yeah, it's the two big monsters. It's the dinosaur man against the low bloke knee in the balls, man. That being said, like, as much as that's, like, really cool and people got into it, I really want to see Hager versus someone smaller first. Maybe have him murder Mar- Marco. <laughs> That'd be great. Or have him wrestle Jungle Boy, because they might actually have a good match while he murders him. Okay, squash, squash Marco, and then have like a decent match with Jungle Boy. And then build to Luchasaurus, the, the two big, a big hoss off. Aren't they hosses? Is Luchasaurus a hoss? I'd consider him a hoss. Only hoss has to be thicker, but he's he's probably a hoss. Like Hager is definitively a hoss, but is Luchasaurus? He just do many flips to be a hoss. Ah, uh, well then by that logic, is Keith Lee not a hoss? Maybe Keith Lee is a hoss. Uh, yeah, I I don't think flips necessarily stop you from being a hoss. I feel like the standard for being a hoss is doing a pounce. Yeah, all right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm decreeing that if, if you're if you consider yourself a hoss, you have to do a pounce. And I slam down my gavel, and it's official. So next week on AEW Dynamite from Chicago, it'll be Chris Jericho against Scorpio Sky for the AEW World Championship. Plus, a quick Chris Jericho will have a celebration. The the what was it? His thank Thanksgiving. Yes, it's uh, Thanksgiving to celebrate Chris Jericho. Uh, I, I love Chris Jericho just saying words in English, but putting French accents on them. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Chris Jericho's stupid, and I love him. That's the thing, right? Like, I feel like all this podcast is, is us gushing about how great Chris Jericho is. Because like, he's, the, he's the best part of the show. Every, like the, Chris Jericho is a man. He understands com- comedic timing. He understands comedic bits, even though the MJF one went a little long last week. But for the most part, he understands comedic bits. And like he's just funny. He's the best performer in pro wrestling. Like Nobody like is even close to the orbit of Chris Jericho in terms of like competing with him on the level of a performer. He's so far and above literally everybody else. Like he like the average person saying Le Champion and mocking dinosaurs would probably be annoying. If Baron Corbin did that on SmackDown, I'd be like, ugh. Because Baron Corbin is not Chris Jericho. He does not have the charisma, charm, or wit of Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. If you watch his his internet show, but I'm Chris Jericho, it proves he's Chris Jericho, and he's great. As far as we're all concerned, 
Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. That is a fact. That is a fact of life, my friend. And that's just a fact of life. Luchasaurus then went on to squash the librarian, which was thankfully literally just a squash. He just killed him in 30 seconds. Exactly what was needed. It was sick. I liked it. Uh, uh, I knew he said LAX. They're proud and powerful. It's the name of the team. Well, are they? Because they were Santana and Ortiz on this show, apparently. I think they said, like, well, like it's it's in their Tron. I, I don't know. It was in their Tron from day one. <laughs> LAX and Private Party had a bad wrestling match. See, I'm not as willing as you are to go with the whole bad label. Mm-hmm. I think it was a very ambitious match that they probably thought they were going to get a better reaction for or be ready to do, but I don't think they were quite yet. <laughs> I don't even think it was ambitious. Like, the, it, it was a pretty not long Not ambitious match. in what they were doing, ambitious in what the match was. In, like, a big, like, three or two commercial break, 15-minute yeah. tag match. Telling a story of, like, oh, one of them is so broken down, they can't lift the other kind of deal. Like, as much as, like, they are good and the, and the work was fine, and I don't think the work was too crazy... Um, I think you need to have a sort of connection to the crowd to be able to do those kind of spots in that kind of position. And I think that the big problem with that spot in particular, uh, the big problem with this match, is uh, we had another weird Phantom 2 count where Isaiah Cassidy hit a code red on Ortiz, the referee counted one, referee counted two, the referee stopped. (laughs) Nobody kicked out. Yeah, Santana was meant to pull the ref out. (laughs) Said that I was meant to pull the ref, but like kick out, like uh, kick out. Referee should count three. Like, like, like that shouldn't happen. Like under any circumstances, the, the the outcome of that scenario should not be under any circumstances. The referee just stopping the count. So uh, like, and the, whoever is taking the pin should uh, have the awareness to kick out, or the referee should just count three. And it shouldn't keep happening. Yeah, it's weird. I've never, maybe not never. I think this has happened a couple times over WWE history, but it's it's bizarre that it's happened twice in like the last three weeks on AEW. And like, I don't really know necessarily how you fix this problem. Just like, I don't. It's such a weird one, isn't it? Referees count three. Like that's it's yeah, as but simple referees as... counting three can mess up entire plans. But like, if 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 the match like Private Party were going over anyway. If it's a world title match, the referee doesn't count three. But even if, like, Santana or Ortiz have to win this match when they shouldn't, that referee should count three if that someone doesn't kick out. Because, like, anything else shatters the credibility of your television show. Like, WWE have, have very few things right, but referees calling pins as they see them is one of the things they have right. Like, that's what you should do. The referee should not just stop. He shouldn't just count one, count two... And stop. Listen, you're not wrong here, but I, I will somewhat play devil's advocate that, like, with, if the referee had accounted, then they wouldn't have got the Nick Jackson running spot. Then, like, it's not a massive, it's not a massive deal, but like, if you're trying to progress storylines, then you call an audible and you have you have Nick Jackson and you have Dustin Rhodes run out after the match. You you call an all you have you tell the referee to tell Santana Ortiz to beat down Private Party, and then Nick Jackson and Dustin Rhodes make the save. You call an audible. You don't not count three. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, and to pivot to my larger point, they did the back spot like I don't know a minute after they botched that uh, what a, a botched that referee count, and the crowd was gone. They just compl- yeah. the crowd was completely gone after it. So, to their credit, I think I think for the most part they did have the crowd though. 
Don't they? They, 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 that's my, they, like, they worked a long heat segment, and then they made the hot tag, and then that happened, and then the match never recovered. <laughs> and then they went to a freaking distraction finish that as hot well. hot tag got the reaction they wanted, so. Well, yeah. I, I would hope it, like, I would hope it would get the reaction they want. And, like, if you had a distraction finish at the end, it's another freaking finish of a match that's cheap, and uh, it's like a WWE finish. And freaking Ortiz and Santana lost, and I don't really know why. I, I think this match is dumb and bad on every level, Liam. Yeah, it was pretty decent besides the messed up finish. What happened next? Kenny Omega uh, was backstage. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Omega was living was lifting some very heavy weights. The man, you see his muscles. That's how he gets his muscles. Yes. <laughs> I wish that's all he had to do to get those muscles, man. You see, you see, he doesn't go for heavyweights once. He goes for lightweights lots of times. It's a high rep situation here, Liam. Well, there you go. That's the key. I'm a very muscular man. I know these things. It's true. You do look like Brian Cage IRL. Yes, I am the machine. Ba 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 ba. But Ke- Kenny, what, what? He was basically he, he's Pack he, is the source of all his problems. He just blamed Pack for his losing streak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, losing very heavy weights. Now we had our main event, which ruled. Darby Allen and John Moxley, which which ruled. What a match! What a, Darby Allen is like. John Moxley is maybe the most popular behind Cody. He's probably the number two most popular in terms of people that get reactions on this show. And he was good, like, Darby Allen was 50-50 chance with them. That's how far along Darby Allen is already. This match was so, there's a body bag spot in the middle that was pointless and shouldn't have been in the match. But other than that, this match was phenomenal. I love this match. It was a bunch of good shit. Good shit, pal. The actual good shit. Because Darby Allen comes and flying out of the gate, throwing Darby himself at John Moxley. Darby has really cool entrance too. Yes, oh yes, he, he was at a Wicca Phase concert and being carried through the crowd, and then the, apparently the crowd carried him all the way to Indianapolis. That <laughs> <laughs> ruled, though. And he does his little skateboard, he gets a big reaction. I love the idea that they've just been carrying him for like two weeks. <laughs> that, would, yeah, that would be sick, though. And you kind of believe that for some reason Darby could convince people to do that. He is a cool guy. Darby Allen's a cool guy, and people in the crowd with the Darby makeup. Darby is a thing, and I'm very happy he's a thing. And this match ruled. Darby's gonna be a real big deal. He's uh, he's also a person that should be AEW champion someday. Unless something goes drastically wrong, Darby Allen should be AEW champion someday. I'm gonna propose something to you right now. And what are you gonna propose to me, Liam Jones? The next five AEW champions mm-hmm. is Darby one of them? Not not like not including multiple reigns, just the next five people. The next one's Kenny. One of them is probably John Moxley. Uh, after that, it's a crap. Sh- like I would have said before AEW launched that the first three champions are Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page. I would have said Omega beats Jericho, Page beats Omega. But I'm less certain about Paige beating Omega these days. So maybe Paige. Like, uh, I, I would have said then, well, in theory, Cody is never going to be champion. Then you have the likes of Pac, MJF, and Darby Allen, kind of. <laughs> Marty. Oh, Marty's girl, yes. And then Hangman Page. You have those four filling out, I think, the rest of those potential first next world champion. What an interesting place to be at. Well, there's like a number of contenders that were like, I'd be excited with any of those holding the belt. And a lot of them are fresh people who have never been world champion before, which I think is very, very fun. Thanks, Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, this match, I love this match. This match was fantastic. This was a lot of fun. I don't think it was close to being like a match of the night for me or anything, but 
like if I'm gonna go back and watch something it might be that because <laughs> it was quick and there was Darby getting the shit kicked out of him yeah there was a spot where Darby was trying to hurt John Moxley's fingers in the the thrust connecting the turnbuckle to the ring post and Moxley pushed him off the top rope and Darby took the worst bump I've ever seen in my life it looked like he had died <laughs> yeah he bounces off and he just eats shit and the finish was a top rope pendulum shift, which also looked like Darby died. Uh, second rope. Well, same thing. <laughs> Look at you, Mr. Pedant. Yeah, this match. This match. He took that pendulum shift so, like, nasty. Yeah, he died. He's just like, oh, well, yep, that's the finish. <laughs> that's All right, we're not going to see Darby next week. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice palate cleanser after the terrible LAX private party match. You really didn't like that LAX private party match, did you? No, because I, I didn't like them doing like a long heat sequence. I was fine with them doing a heat sequence, then they went to break, came back and break, and continued to work them over for the entire second Do you think break. you would have liked it more if you had to watch that on TV, as opposed to the fight stream where you saw the entire heat segment? No. <laughs> well, sorry boys, I tried. <laughs> if the match didn't collapse at the end, I would have liked it more. See, I... <laughs> we're going back to that match now, but um, I thought it was pretty good. I like, I really didn't have that much. Like, you were messaging me during <laughs> like how bad it was, and it's I was like, terrible. so far, this isn't that bad. It's terrible, 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 terrible. Darby Allen's good. NXT. We're pivoting from one terrible thing to NXT. <laughs> I don't want to talk about NXT, man. NXT, like, uh, this show would have been actually good if... The brand stuff meant anything. Like that, it's such a fatal flaw. I I wrote this down to bring up like way way later in the show, mm-hmm. but um, it's <sighs> brand loyalty stuff. They brand lo- loyalty storylines don't work when fans aren't loyal to the brands. There's a bigger problem there, Liam. <laughs> brand brand loyalty doesn't work when wrestlers aren't loyal to the brand. Yeah, you're not wrong there. A bunch of people on the show. You had the Street Profits fighting for Raw. You were the War Raiders. That was so weird. I thought for sure they were going to turn and like join NXT. You had Ricochet out there. Like all of the... And the the big problem, like everyone that pretty much... They had Zack Ryder there too. But other than that, pretty much everyone they had on this show from the main roster was in NXT. Like... Yeah. Which means they didn't exactly get heel reactions. The only, the only person, person that got a heel real was Seth like, Rollins. Seth Rollins. Because <laughs> he's a fucking nerd. Like this, this, this like the likes of, of of Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro running out. Like those would have felt like hot angles if this, like if this meant any. Liam Survivor Series is this Sunday. Can you name for me one person on Team NXT Survivor Series this Sunday? Is it announced? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Uh, so no <laughs> Triple H <laughs> Survivor Series is this Sunday Liam can you name me one person on the women's NXT team for Survivor Series this Sunday no <laughs> that's cause that also hasn't been announced how am I supposed to care about these brands fighting each other if th- yeah. there's not even a match set for Sunday I was gonna bring like the original, not the original, because it was the the second brand split. But when they did the brand split for the second time, and it had like AJ and it had Dean on SmackDown, right? Mm-hmm. And it, that 
that felt good. Like, that was a good fucking brand split, and it was a good Survivor Series, because it felt like the people on SmackDown really cared about being on SmackDown. Yeah. And it felt like the people on Raw really cared about being on Raw. And the SmackDown... F- that was a time when the SmackDown guys would beat them up, and the Raw fans would boo. Yeah. And then they'd go to SmackDown, and the SmackDown fans would boo the Raw guys. But there's not even a trace of that during this. No, it's it's literally the opposite. Like, the, the main roster people were mostly cheered, and... That there was ambivalence toward the NXT people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to sound too low on the show, because I liked the show. Mm. It's just, I, did, I didn't need so much of the Survivor Series bullshit during it. I inherently rejected the premise of the show, that's the problem. I, it's see, just t-shirt nerds. I, it's t-shirt nerds, Liam! I'd almost say that I like this show more than the AEW show, mm. if it didn't feel like this wasn't an NXT show. This felt like Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yes. This was basically like, the same show they've been doing on Raw for the last, like, two weeks, where people are running in, or there's just more invading. And, like, there, there wasn't so a many. single match that didn't have involvement from the main roster. Mm. There wasn't a single in-ring segment that didn't have involvement from the main roster. I want NXT to stand on its own. Like, swim or sink. Don't throw at the raft. <laughs> Seriously, I like like the actual show was good, and I'm not dismissing the show. But like watching NXT for NXT, I didn't like this. Yeah, you don't like Becky Lynch kicking off NXT and doing a, a in a I'm match the that was promo. so clearly not gonna have a clean finish. It didn't even have a finish. It went to a double DQ. <sighs> Let's get into it. Becky Lynch came out. She's like Bailey, I hate you. And then Rhea Ripley came... Actually, no, she called yes, out Shayna. Yes, we started Shana. NXT with the Raw Women's Champion calling out the SmackDown Women's Champion. <laughs> and then the, the Raw Women's Champion also called out the NXT Women's Champion, and Rhea Ripley answered instead. Well, she's calling out the future NXT Women's Champion. Well, there you go. Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley had a match. It was a match. It ended in a double DQ, and I don't I remember. I liked it for the most part. <laughs> I don't remember anything cool that happened. It's just like, it's just, it, it, they started, there was a break, they came back, there was a double DQ, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I don't need to remember this ever again in my life. Then we go backstage where AEW superstars The Revival show up. Do you think they're actually going to leave? I mean, I hope so, just because can I really want to see some Revival Young Bucks matches. Can we, can we talk about how they drove their car into seemingly, like, the middle of the road, got out, yeah, and just, just left the out. car there? Well, to be fair, it's a campus. You can pretty much park wherever you want on those. Yeah, but you're just leaving your car. The people might walk into it. It's dark. Nah, brother. <laughs> They're the revival. I don't care. Hey, Gary, are you aware that Kona Reeves still exists? Uh, I forgot a Maro quote. These two are looking to oh, dominate man. each other like Lizzo dominated the Grammy nominations. Are you a big Lizzo fan? I haven't heard a Lizzo song in my life. I couldn't name a Lizzo song. Oh, well, you don't know. <clears throat> I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that bitch. No, I don't. I hope that's Lizzo, otherwise I'm going to be very, like... <laughs> if that's not yeah, Lizzo... Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm clarified that is Lizzo. I was hoping it wouldn't be so people could shame you on Twitter, and I do like public shame. For not shame. knowing my current pop hits. Mm. Connor Reeves did indeed come out. He does indeed still exist before he was beaten up by Ricochet. <laughs> I just murdered that man. He took one kick and he disappeared. And he's like, he didn't even, like, they could have at least had him, you know, they had a big post-match brawl. They could have at least had Kona Reeves there, so he's not, no. like, a giant nerd. But he's a giant nerd. I don't like Ricochet's really red boots. 
I like this gear. That gear. Speaking, of, let's derail the podcast to talk about Ricochet gear. This Ricochet gear was great. I didn't like it. Well, as far as Ricochet gear goes, I think mm-hmm. ever since he signed, it's taken a real step down. Yeah, I like this Nightwing gear. I, uh, you know what gear I did? I liked his like gold and black and white gear. Mm. There was gear he was wearing on Raw, and I don't know what it was inspired by, but it looked dreadful. Is it the one that had like the bright blue, the bright red, the bright, like all the primary colors? Yes. I believe that's My Hero Academia, which is an animu, but I have never seen it, so I can't clarify. First you start talking about popular music, now we're talking about anime. Why are we talking about all the bad... Th- I guess this is an NXT podcast, so... Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm in a bad mood about NXT this week because of the stupid, uh, stupid, like, stupid t-shirts. Like just, for the third time, Comedy Rule of Threes, I liked this show. Matt Riddle and Ricochet had a great match. They went 100 miles per hour for three minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, they had three minutes. They made the damnedest of their three minutes. Then Cesaro and Nakamura attacked. Nakamura looks cool as shit when he's not in his gear. He had, like, big baggy black pants. That ruled. (laughs) He couldn't be bothered. Just just wearing some some lazy pants to NXT. Then uh, Riddle uh, pins Ricochet. Wait, I guess Riddle's facing, what's his name? Finn Balor at the, the takeover, so fine. But yeah. Then we got a massive multi-man angle because they've booked a ton of people in overlapping feuds. <laughs> yeah, so everyone ran out. Balor ran out. Nakamura and Cesaro over there. Riddle and Ricochet. Um, Strong fought. hits the knee on Nakamura. Yeah, which sets up their... their well, not sets up. Builds. And then Riddle match. takes out both. That was a nice touch. I like that yes. he's not just like, ah, NXT friends. Ricochet hit a cool springboard dive into the front row. <laughs> you know what I really hated about this? Everything. Like, uh, no, not really. Like, the role was fine. <laughs> As I said, if if this mattered, this segment would have yeah. ruled. If like, if if I was in any way invested in the idea that these people actually dislike each other instead of they're wearing t-shirts so they fight, this would yeah. have been so good. It was so high energy and great. But like, if it this doesn't was the brand matter. supremacy angle of like three years ago. This would if, have been fun. If Ricochet wasn't on NXT last year. Mm. <laughs> what what did you like? What was fun? Um, after this segment, they cut to Maro, who puts over the security for keeping control after they just had like a twenty man brawl. Yeah, everyone's running out. The entire thing is is collapsing. But it's security. But there's no security. <laughs> Maybe he was being sarcastic. Maybe he's he's worried about his safety. Can you really tell with Maro though? No, you can't. And then, of course, you go to beep, 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 flag watch. Oh, yay. As we see a flag that makes two appearances in the night, the Undisputed Era. It's a flag we've seen before, but it's a great flag. Mm. Arguably the best NXT flag. I actively noticed the Dijakovic flag this week, so. That's, I think the only flag you've noticed has been Dijakovic twice. <laughs> it's the only time I'm like, oh, look, it's a flag. Well, that's the first of the flag watch. Well, I suppose you spoiled the second flag watch, so that's all the flag watch today. Oh, <laughs> we got a video package for Killian Dane, Damian Priest, and Pete Dunne match. I'm sure you're very excited um, for our takeover. Garrett, we don't talk about video packages. That's true. Which led us to the Undisputed Era against Revival, which was a good yeah, bam, tag bam. team match. <laughs> People are going to be mad at you, man. I, uh, as I said, I, I said my hot take about this show to you before the before we recorded. I preferred the Forgotten Sons tag team match oh, to no. the Undisputed Hero Revival tag team match. I'm, that's such an awful take. It's one of my worst. Uh, this match is fine. It was a this good match. This match was match. really good. I wish it was in front of a good crowd. 
<laughs> well, if they, it's not a good match if they don't work the crowd, Liam. That's that's the fallacy that's, of wrestling. But can you work this crowd? <laughs> Apparently, you can. If this was even like if this was on a takeover, it'd be like four and a quarter. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. I fucked. I love this match. I this liked was it a lot. A nice little three star tag team match. There was a period like where they hit the cool shatter machine out of nowhere. I was like, yeah, yeah. we're picking up, boys. We're going somewhere. And then the energy just kind of collapsed again, and they they meandered to a, a, an underwhelming finish. It was a good little three star match. I'm surprised all the tag teams didn't run out and beat each other up after this. Uh, yeah, this, 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 well, they they still had the the War Raiders to do to have a match later, so mm-hmm. they couldn't. Carl O'Reilly and Bobby Fish win with their total elimination that isn't called total elimination. I think it's literally called high low. But yeah, it was it was that's what Stars and Daniels called it. So, oh, that's a nice little throwback. Yeah. Um, yeah, that match was fine. Speaking of fine, Kaylee Ray against the I'm I'm down on tag team matches on this show this week. <laughs> I know, especially since that that was the match that most people liked. Let me tell you about the match most I liked in a minute. Kaylee Ray, there's this, this and this. Kaylee Ray, Dakota, it was a squash. Poor, Kay, poor Dakota Kai is like, she's not good enough, then she loses. She's mm-hmm. definitely not good enough, then she loses again. It's like, all right, all right, she's not good enough. You know what? You know what one thing I realized while watching this? What? NXT UK got screwed. <laughs> They're not included in the big Survivor Series multi-mans. It's like, it, shouldn't it be like... Kaylee Ray versus Shayna versus Bailey versus fucking Becky. Well, you had Imperium on Raw a couple of weeks ago, Liam. What more do you want? Like, I don't know. Maybe should Walter be like? Should it be like Walter versus Roderick Strong and like the rest of them? Well, shouldn't it be Walter versus the Fiend versus Brock Lesnar versus but Adam too, Cole? That would too be big a of a match. coward to give us that. They're too big of cowards. It should be elimination where they just immediately eliminate the fiend and Adam Cole and just do Walter and Brock. Yep. So Kylie Ray wins, and then guess what happens, Garrett? All the women run out and they have a dumb brawl. It's a T-shirt brawl, Liam. Uh, okay, there was one cool moment in this though. <laughs> the the standoff between Eo and Kyrie. Yeah, and they're both like, "Wait, you're evil now," and she's like, <laughs> "Wait, you're evil now." They're very confused at each other. <laughs> like. Last time they saw each other, they were cool like baby faces, and now they're like, "Wait, you hate them? I hate them." Kyrie Zane in her her, her Nikki Bella cosplay. It ruled. I love Kyrie Zane, and I like Hill Kyrie Zane a lot. Yeah, these I like them making faces at each other. They should just stand in the ring and make faces at each they other. They were like the so show. confused as to why each other was evil. <laughs> this segment ended with Nikki Cross coming out and beating everyone up with a, with trash can shots to the ribs. There was a, the last one. I can't remember who she. Threw, I think it might have been Sarah Logan, or whoever whoever she threw the last one at. She she like almost feigned to throw it at her head and then just hit her in the side. It looked stupid. Mhm. Can't do any headshots. Not even with the trash cans. Lids. Uh, if their behavior on social media is anything to go by, the revival and undisputed are going to treat each other like Twiddler, Twitter troglodytes. Forgot about that one. I really thought that was going to be like I don't know why, but when he was doing that line, I was like, is this going to be like a Young Bucks thing? <laughs> because like they've been doing the pose and shit. I was like, wait, what's he going to say here? If their behavior on Twitter is anything to go by, they're going to talk about how they're going to go, they're going to, they want to go to AEW with this match. <laughs> they've been making some elude, some elite posts. They can have some boring Southern tag team matches with the Young Bucks like they did with Honest Your Deer tonight. Um... 
Speaking of good tag team matches, you don't even man. you don't even agree to that. Like you no. don't think it was bad. You just it didn't think it was great. <laughs> a good little match. But speaking of good matches, the Viking Raiders, the Forgotten Sons, much better. Would you like to see my note for this one, Garrett? Was it was... the cartwheel spot? Was it the cartwheel spot, Liam? No, it was the word existed. Yeah, this was a good match. Sure, it was a match. But they did cartwheel. They did put the cartwheel spot, Liam. Mm. <laughs> or did he did a cartwheel? Come on, put it over. Put over the match. <laughs> you loved it so much. It was your match of the night, very clearly. So come on. Ivar did a cartwheel, then the two Forgotten Sons did a cartwheel, then Ivar did another cartwheel, and a springboard back elbow, and it was like the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life, but I legitimately laughed out loud at it. So this is a good wrestling match. Yep. <laughs> what are you waiting for? What's next? A ladder match between Adam Cole and Donovan Dijakovic. Do- Dominic? Is his name Donovan? <laughs> it's Dominic. I thought it was Donovan the whole time. I think I've been calling him Donovan for like the last seven weeks. <laughs> well, that's uh, just say Dijak. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Be one of those people who can't adjust to WWE names. Just calls them like me and LAX. I can't say anything. <laughs> it takes me a while sometimes, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, the problem is it's a weird play on his existing name, which makes it harder. I can't believe it's Dominic. It's one of these Bernstein Bearstein things where it's like I thought for sure it was Donovan. <laughs> they just randomly changed it, and it's like uh, they they retroactively went back and dubbed Maro in. I know nothing about this ladder match. Nothing. Reta- I retained no information. I have two problems with this ladder match. Aside from all the right, you can talk fun. about it because I literally remembered the final spot, and that's it. Dijakovic did like the slow ladder climb within the first <laughs> three minutes of this match. I'm like, I, I again, I reject the premise. <laughs> because he's so tall, if he can't climb up fast, otherwise he'll be there halfway up the ladder. It wasn't even, like, it, it was like, he'd climb a, a rung, and then he'd wait, and then he'd wait a little longer, and then he'd wait a second longer, then he'd climb another rung, and then he'd wait, he'd wait a second, and then Adam Cole cut him off. It's like, Garrett, have you ever tried to climb a ladder? It's very difficult. It, I've climbed a ladder. I, I'm not I'm not an agile or athletic person, Liam. I can climb a ladder wrong in longer than a second. Stupid. <laughs> really broke it down there, huh? There was also a spot later in this match where Dijakovic, he does the burning hammer into a knee. Where he throws him over. It's kind of like a. It's called the feast your eyes. There you go. It's like a go to sleep thing. But he had him in the burning hammer position. He had him Adam Cole in the burning hammer position. And Adam Cole just gingerly got out. Yep. <laughs> He's like very slowly, without like cutting off Dijakovic, he just slowly climbed out and started climbing a the ladder. Then hit a bad Panama Sunrise off a ladder. It's just, ah. Oh. To be fair, there's not many good Panama Sunrises. That's true. PD Williams very upset you know what, you know what I really liked about that whole conversation we just had it, it had nothing it to do with this stupid crap this not who cares like it's so nothing it's <clears throat> not even a gentleman's three it's no. like it I exists. have no recollection of it but to, to me you have like a more fun point I like how you were describing Donovan Dijak's move as if that wasn't the thing he was known for for the last three years <laughs> Listen. That was literally his gimmick when he first was signed in Ring of Honor, that he had a cool move. Listen. Listeners might not. I don't. Do you think I watch Ring of Honor television, Liam? Uh, yes. You're a big fan of Vincent. 
Wait, what does Ring, does Ring of Honor run against anything? Can we make a show that makes us review Ring of Honor? I think it's on Saturday. It's on every time of the day because Sinclair aired all over the place. So it probably runs against something. We could, we'll find something and we'll review Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor against New Japan Access. The real Hell world yeah. wrestling, something like that. But you know, someone asked us today to do AEW uh, Dark versus uh, NWA Power. Well, one... Uh, let's not. <laughs> I don't like... Like, I have no interest in watching Power. It's probably decent. I just... Uh. It's pretty... It's mostly pretty boring. But. Like, I, I'll watch the Eddie Kingston promos. That's about it. It's mostly like 2016 TNA put in a more pleasant-looking aesthetic. That's that's the show. It's tricking people into liking a show with Ken Anderson. It's kind of funny, really, when you think about it. There you go. Singles ladder matches. I, w- I did briefly want to touch on this. Singles ladder matches are, are much harder than, like, the multi-man car crash spectacles because, like, you know, you can have two people take a giant bump and you can, and you can pivot to two other people doing something else. So, like, singles ladder matches are inherently harder. They're harder to pace. They're harder to execute. So I, I, I don't think it ever, ever, ever works if you try to do them without a reason. I think they only work if you do them with with a grudge and an edge that can really make... A the, child the, on the line. And a child on the line, ideally hanging from the ladder, but missed opportunity there. But, but they, Imagine him just in his little, like, brace, just, like, hanging. <laughs> dangling from the top of the hook, yeah. But I, I, if, you, if you're, you can't do singles ladder matches for no reason, it doesn't work. You know what they could... You know what? It's a very easy way around it. What? Do a ladder match, but don't have something hanging. Just let them use ladders as a weapon. I don't like those, though. But I don't mind them. Cause so, I don't like, think the... you need necessarily to climb for anything. It's like, I like TLC matches where you don't have to climb anything. Just use weapons and beat each other up. So you like the occasional Full Metal Mayhem offshoot where it's pinfall? Yeah. Lucha Bros against LAX at Rebellion is your favorite match of the year? Lucha Bros, Mexican, Cerro Miedo, meet us in the ring. After the match, uh, we had another t-shirt brawl. Oh, but guess who showed up? Seth Rollins came out and got booed. <laughs> and then they said he's not cool. <laughs> the crowd chanted, you're not cool at Seth Rollins. It's so true though, man. It's it's funny. It really is funny. I'm, I'm really hoping that all this ends soon because I don't want to talk about main roster bullshit. Especially, I, w- I will say, uh, Dijakovic took the best bump in the world for the Claymore from Drew McIntyre. But Yeah, Drew's cool. He should probably just go back to NXT. <laughs> he probably should. He he seemed more of a threat in that like two seconds running than he has on Raw in like fifteen years. Mm-hmm. But like it's funny, as you said, everybody that came out on the show, like like the Viking Raiders got cheered, the Revival got cheered, Becky got cheered, all these people. Then Seth Rollins comes out and they chant, "You are not cool at him." But of course, uh, Garrett, as you're aware, this was the end. The go home show to NXT War Games. Aren't you hyped about it? Yes, all the interaction between the Undisputed Era and... They don't even have a fourth member of their team! This show is so... Triple H. Stupid! Uh... (laughs) They did the (laughs) go-home show. It's not even that they didn't have a fourth member of their team, Liam. They didn't even try to get a fourth member of their team. They're apparently perfectly fine having three people on their war games team for for freaking war games on saturday who well, cares because it's gonna be a big surprise and it's gonna be velveteen dream and Shayna wasn't even on this show was she was she in the brawl no, she, she beat, yeah, she, no, she beat up um she broke up the becky and Rhea match oh yeah but who cares this show is stupid i this well, the t-shirt brawls and <laughs> pe- i like the really 
Uh, no. And NXT sucks. <laughs> All right, let's... Before we get to the end of this, let's break down NXT War Games. The four matches announced for the show, Garrett. I don't care. They didn't care about this show. I don't <laughs> care about this we show. We have to do it. We, we did it for full gear. We're the most non-biased show out there. We have to break down War Games. We didn't do a full gear preview. We did a full gear review. No, but we broke down the matches that were going to happen on the show. <laughs> Fine. Alright, we have Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest in a triple threat match that determined the number one contender for the NXT Championship at Survivor Series. Sure. And arguably the best built match on the card. That's depressing. That's a depressing thought. <laughs> uh, Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Matt Riddle replacing Johnny Gargano, who is legitimately injured. I think so. They'll have a really good match. It's fine. Uh, the women's war games match: Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Kaylee Ray. Who cares? <laughs> and your main event, Garrett: The Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle Riley, and Roderick Strong versus Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> I messed that one up. Dominic Dijakovic and hmm. It annoys me so much that they didn't even try to get a fourth member of their team. They're gonna be they a did surprise. a show, and like they're not. They didn't even mention they, like that they don't have a fourth member of their team. Yeah. No, they like, did. It's... They mentioned that they're still looking for someone. They're clearly not looking hard enough. There's, there's like there was literally a hundred people on this NXT show this week. Could Kona they not Reeves. have asked a couple? Hey, Kona. Ricochet, you busy? <laughs> yeah, I think he's busy. Bro. Zach Ryder's um, gonna... not doing much. We gotta give a quick shout out to Adam Cole working. Mm. Like, four pretty insane matches in, like, five days. And he has a broken wrist. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> ladder match. Well, it's ladder match, the War Games match, and a title match. And he worked freaking all those TV matches. Yeah, like... Like, as much as they make... They're doing like, this weird thing with his gimmick where it's, like, his run. <laughs> like, it's kind of real. Mm. Well, Garrett, I wonder which show you liked better this week. <laughs> I never want to see t-shirts. I never want to see a Raw and SmackDown t-shirt again in my life. I never want to see Raw or SmackDown ever again in my life. Just let me watch it. I, 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 stop Stop making me watch these bad shows that I've actively given up on because they're bad shows. And now you're forcing them on me in stupid ways that don't make sense. And remind me, Liam, of why I don't want to watch these bad... If they don't win the ratings war tonight, when they have... It's, it's going to be super depressing. Like, if they don't win the ratings war tonight, they're probably never going to be... AW in the ratings. Yeah, if, if they, they do everything. If they unload Becky Lynch in the opening segment, Seth Rollins in the main event, and literally everybody else in between, they're never going to win. And like I expect them to win tonight. I expect them to eke like a narrow victory. But if they don't, for good God. Yeah. It's I <laughs> if I'm Triple H and we don't win, I'm like, oh let's just give up. Because we can't win on our own. Never mind with all the stars from the rest of the company forcing me what to was... watch stupid <laughs> blue t shirts. Ah I oh, we hate the t shirt squad. This this show would have been so good if any of this shit mattered, Liam. Yeah, if there was any sort of passion behind it, like this would have been very cool. If, like, as I said, if the Street Profits and the War Raiders, who have been on NXT this year, weren't coming we're out. NXT champions this year. If they, they weren't coming out. The Street Profits have been on NXT within the last, like, t- three months, haven't they? Yeah. Stupid. It's even less than that, I think. I hate this. I want to so, go, go back Garrett. to regular boring NXT. 
<laughs> yeah, let's go back to the ones that we shit on also. Yeah, go back to the ones that are like good, occasionally bad, but bad for not terrible reasons. Go back to the ones that like we'll give the win to if they have a bad AW. Yeah. Um, match of the night, yeah. Ooh, it's between Darby Mox and Nick Jackson and Phoenix. It's definitely not that bad Undisputed Era to revive a match. <laughs> You're really hammering it home, are you? Listen, if people are going to hate me, they should have good reason. <laughs> so everybody remember to at WarGamesPod to Garrett how much you hate him. I'm going to go Darby Mox. That match ruled. Well, it's either the good Undisputed Era Revival match or the Phoenix-Nick Jackson match, and I'm thinking I'm going to give it to Phoenix and Nick Jackson. I would have cancelled our podcast if you had done something else. Damn, a missed opportunity. I would have edited it so that you said Phoenix and Nick Jackson. There you go, it's Phoenix and Nick Jackson. (laughs) Which show did you prefer, Liam? It's kind of a weird one, right? No, it's not. If it was any other week, I would have immediately just gone AEW, but I thought AEW was kind of a mess show this week. <laughs> but, <sighs> like, legit, if if anything that happened on the NXT show made me give a shit, or if it was NXT talent that literally did the exact same show, I'd be like, yeah. But it just, it threw so much of main roster bullshit that I don't care about on that, that it's hard for me to give it a win ever. <laughs> Like, this could have gone up against the worst AEW show, and I probably still would have had to have picked the AEW show, because at least the AEW show didn't remind me of pain. Like, AEW had a really good opener, they had that great Chris Jericho segment in the middle, and they had that great main event. And then, like, everything else was blah. But those three segments were really, really I like good. like the women's match. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, NXT's I'm gonna, giving it to AEW. Stupid! Stupid! Be, uh, let's next week NXT come on <laughs> bring it back you're done with all the main roster shit 584 volts in the fan poll this week 70% AEW 30% NXT it's a clean sweep also interesting to note we were talking about the ratios last week for it mm. not a lot of NXT support even at the beginning <laughs> no and that because you posted the poll like an, an hour and a half ish maybe a little less after the show, so that that may confirm your theory of, of hashtag monitor, monitoring. Very low end to the show. Because <laughs> NXT is stupid and I hate it. Go back to, go back to being NXT. It wasn't yeah, NXT. Like, that's my problem. It, it, it just wasn't NXT. Yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't NXT. If there was, wasn't even that many Mauro quotes. We Yeah, exactly. We, we were, we're rating AEW versus Monday Night Raw, and it's not fair. Can't even get mad at Mauro on the show. That's, 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 they're not even giving me that. The two quotes we read weren't even that good. Yeah. Can't even give, hate NXT. No, you hate Monday Night Raw. Liam, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Larrikin on Twitter, or find me on Behind the Voice Actors at Liam J. If you would like more elite coverage in your in your podcast feeds, you can listen to everything elite. If you would like more WWE coverage in your podcast feeds, for whatever can, reason, the, there's none. There's truly none. You can listen. Well, does two hundred five live still exist? I think it does, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah. Also, because I don't know if you're going to bring it up or not, you're doing another podcast about WWE. Am I? I hope so. It was announced. <laughs> 
oh yeah, oh yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not doing a WWE pod. I- I'll be doing uh, the the guest pod on wrestling omakase or wrestling unpronounceable. So like, <laughs> even though I just pronounced. <laughs> Why it. do you think I wasn't saying <laughs> uh, wrestling omakase? Yeah, uh, that's coming up toward the end of the year. Doing the WWE John, review. I was like, legitimately. I was like, wait, am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's you and. Me and Kelly Harass will be talking about WWE and our, our eventual, uh, as you may have read, the Survivor Series review when we both gave up on reviewing WWE pay-per-views after reviewing them for like five years. You're done. And we're done. So that'll be in your feeds sometime by the Never end of the year. Never to return. Also me and John Carroll will annoy me about voting in the Omakase Awards. So yay, I can look forward to that. <laughs> I love John. John's the best. <laughs> John rules. Uh, th- th- follow us on Twitter at WarGamesPod. Thanks for listening and bye bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.